Hi, I'm Kevin Harrington, an original shark from the hit television show Shark Tank, and you're listening to the Underdog Podcast. I've been too high up to fall, question marks, what's up with y'all? All we know is over time, barking like some underdogs. Underdogs, underdogs, underdogs. All we know is over time, barking like some underdogs. Underdogs, underdogs. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Underdog Podcast. Today, I have an incredible guest here with me. Paul, how are you, my friend? I am so good, Pam. Thanks for having me on your show. Oh, my God. It's such a pleasure to have you, Paul. Truly, we were just talking previous to the call that you're in Mexico, you're enjoying life, there's the sunshine, the beach, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm loving the vibes. <laughs> <laughs> yep, we're down here in Mexico. We're uh, actually looking at a bunch of property to, uh, to create a healing retreat down here. There's so many people that are in search of, uh, of a good fully immersive transformational experience where we can create some some real lifelong changes within just two to four days of an immersive experience. So we're looking at some different property down here to create that. Yes. And I mentioned to you first thing I said, I was like, oh, we have so much to talk about. (laughs) So much to talk about. I absolutely love that because you had such an impressive history, career, like all of the incredible things that you've done. And I can't wait to dig into that. But before we do, I always start with one of the most loaded questions, but if you're ready for it, Paul, I'm ready. (laughs) What inspired you on your journey to where you are today? What inspired me? I think I've always been inspired since I was a young kid. I I knew I was here for a purpose and uh, I wasn't just going to play small on anything. When I was 10 years old, I I wanted to be a a pediatric cardiologist. I wanted to be a heart surgeon on children, you know, and uh, we'll talk about how that changed and went into business, et cetera. But always wanted to have a powerful, positive impact in the lives of others. That was what my driving passion was and have had such a beautiful opportunity to uh, to work in charity work lately that uh, has allowed that to happen. I absolutely love that, Paul. So you say you came in with a purpose at a young age. Now, what did you want to be when you grew up? <laughs> that was me wanting to be a pediatric cardiologist. I wanted to be a, a surgeon. Not a, not a regular doctor, but a surgeon. And not a regular surgeon, but a, a heart surgeon. And not a regular heart surgeon, but one that, that operated on, on children. So that's what I, I wanted to be when I was a kid. And um, ended up right before taking the MCAT. I got in a major car accident and I severed the tendons in my hand. And they didn't know if I'd have the dexterity to be a surgeon. They said, Paul, you can be a regular doctor. And I said, I don't want to be a regular anything. I said, if if I'm going to be a garbage man, I'm going to own the dump. That's just how I think. And so changed my major to business and finance and ended up building some amazing companies. Have had well over 4,000 employees between the different companies that I've built over the years and founded. And so it's been a, it's been a, a wonderful journey in being able to give back and being able to create value in the world. I absolutely love that, Paul. Oh my gosh, that sounds like one hell of a journey. So you went into business and finance. And so after that, what were what was like your first business or the first one that you started? The first company, the first successful one that I put together was 
the Midwest Center for Stress and Anxiety. It was in my early 20s. We worked together with a gal by the name of Lucinda Bassett, who had created an audio program. We had a personal coaching program. We had over 50,000 people a month calling in off of our infomercial to give them the help that they needed to overcome debilitating anxiety and depression. And so, uh, unfortunately, the drug companies are making tens of millions of dollars, billions, billions of dollars a year in, um, in a bunch of crap that doesn't work. And so we were able to help people change the negative habit patterns of thought that were creating the anxiety in the first place, worry and what if thinking and negative expectations, the perceptions we have of ourselves, our, our coping skills and dealing with stress. These are all things that can be changed. And when they are, those are the roots of the problem and we can literally transform our lives. And so I had over 200 employees and sold that company when I was 29 years old, used that money to start into real estate and build what is now a, a $48 billion real estate investment fund. You know, have, a, have an amazing team of people that have been putting that together that we hired, but John Pennington and I were the co-founders of that fund and, and build it to something amazing. That's incredible, Paul. Oh my gosh. I love that that was your first business and you mentioned first successful one. So what was like the first one ever? Was there any, any business that didn't go so? We all have these entrepreneurial stories, my, right? My first one ever was like eight years old. I realized that there was a lot of guys driving up the street by our house that were going up to go fishing. And if I, I could catch worms every time it rained, <laughs> I could sell it to him. <laughs> so I had a little worm selling company. In fact, it was funny. My dad made me this little tool that would, instead of waiting and flooding the yard to try to get them all to come up or whatever, it was like this, this steel peg that you could pound into the ground. And he had put some electric wire around the top of it. And then I could plug it in and it put electrical current and all the worms came up. I'm like, what? So I was rich. I could sell a whole bunch of those. That's so. You were eight years old when this. When yeah, this yeah it was eight when I had that company, and it wasn't really a company, but earned money. Had a little worm farm. I even made. <laughs> what a worm farm! Tell me about that. Oh, you just take up crushed up newspaper, cut up newspaper, and some dirt and water and whatever else, and boom, they just flourished. I was selling a whole bunch of those things at eight, and then uh, by the time I was twelve, I had a lawn mowing company and. And that one went pretty well. I actually, instead of just mowing all the neighbors' yards, we got a contract with the Salt Lake Board of Realtors and the houses that, uh, and this is actually, this was later, I was like 16 and I was old enough to drive, but I had the lawn mowing company for a few years, just the neighbor stuff. But then there was houses that were being lived in. So we picked up those contracts and actually were able to keep those ones at like 16 years old. So that was fun. That is so awesome, Paul. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That, I love it. I love it. I was also a young entrepreneur too. I was selling lemonade, you know, the classic, classic lemonade. And then I had the yellow one, the regular yellow one. And then from there, I started adding Kool-Aid. I started adding the pink lemonade. It was like variety of choices, right? It's so funny. It's so funny how entrepreneurship starts at like such a young age. And you just know at that, at that point in time. That that's your destiny. Wow, amazing. And then your first formal company was pretty much coming out of college and you created this center, which is absolutely 
amazing. And I love that you did that. Yeah, I started about 20, 23 years old. I, um, yeah. I had a mentor that, uh, friend of the family, that after I got in the car accident, realized I couldn't, might not have the dexterity to be a surgeon. And he said, Paul, he said, I, he said I'm willing to be your mentor. He said, if, if you do what I teach you to do, you'd be a millionaire by the time you're 30 and you have the time to enjoy it. And I said, okay, well, what do I do? What's my, what's the keys to success? And he said, every good business owner has learned how to handle rejection and has learned how to sell. He said, it doesn't matter if you're not the primary salesperson. You're, you're selling your idea to your investors. You're selling your leadership to your employees. You're selling your pro product to, to customers. Whatever it is, you need to learn how to present and, and not to have rejection affect you. And so he encouraged me to get a job, high rejection job. And so I, I did. I, I got a job at a call center, cold calling, selling children's videos, you know, hang up, hang up, hang up, you know, whatever. And, and worked my way up there and then started on a, a project that they were doing that was selling personal coaching programs that helped people with anxiety and depression. And I, I, I realized that I wasn't ever interested in selling something that I didn't totally believe in. If it wasn't making a positive, a real powerful positive impact in the lives of others, then I wasn't interested in taking your money. I just, I couldn't sleep at night. And so this hit home for me, uh, realizing that literally one out of every four people on the planet ha are dealing with, with anxiety or depression to the point where it's somewhat debilitating and taking away their ability to be an effective mother or father or husband or worker, whatever it is in their roles. And so by helping them get down to the roots of that problem, change the negative habit patterns of thought that we're creating those in the first place. And people tell me all the time, like, no, Paul, I went to the doctor and he said that I have, you know, chemical imbalance and that's why I have to have all these drugs. No, what you don't understand is how infinitely powerful your brain is and its ability to literally create disease or create health and create wealth or create poverty, whatever it is in your life, your attract is more than just the law of attraction. It's the law of creation. And I believe that the majority, upwards of 90% plus of the things that people go to the doctor for started with, with something up here. Now, yeah, if you go break your arm, that might not have stopped. But then again, it might have. Maybe you attracted that into your life. But so many of the, the physical things that we deal with in our life, we can change if we start by changing our negative habit patterns of thought. And those things start when we're children. They're ingrained into us. You don't have hereditary anxiety from your genes. You've got hereditary anxiety from being taught how to see the world. And you're, you're modeling after your parents and how they're living in a state of fear or sliding in a state of faith and joy, et cetera. So those, it was a beautiful time being able to help people change their thoughts and literally transform their world. Absolutely. Everything that you're mentioning, I'm like, preach, preach, because that's really what the root cause comes down to. Like, it's so insane how, I mean, thank God our society is starting to open up and talk about it and the alternative options and stuff like that. Because really the answer up until this point was go to the doctor, get prescribed some antidepressants, and then go have a look at what those bottles say. 
about side effects. Why would you take an antidepressant that's going to have a potential side effect of suicide? Does that not counteract like (laughs) the whole point while you're there, right? And and not only that, but it makes you numb. It makes you sick. Like I've had multiple people and I have very close loved ones that have dealt, I've seen them with debilitating depression, anxiety, and still fighting through it every single day, right? You know, not going the antidepressant route, but still just trying to, you know, battle it out within themselves on a daily basis and it's and it's a daily thing it's a day-by-day thing but it's like it's crazy i've seen it time and time again go to the doctor and that's all you get prescribed and that's that and it's like i guess it's big pharma i get it i get it it's you know it's a whole thing but you're not really getting to the root of the problem what you were mentioning is like you know we've all got pieces of us that are broken and you know for those who believe in past lives and different things like that you also know what i'm talking about there's things from different lives that imprint into this life and you don't even know about it because your soul is not aware because earth is so dense so for those who get it will get what i'm saying right now and i can tell that you do fall but it's you know there's so many layers to a soul and there's so many things that you're not even aware of and it's just like that, that conscious awareness. I'm so happy that it's coming to the world now. And it's so beautiful to me that you recognize that at that point in time, like so young, 23, starting a center like that, like that is mind blowing and amazing and inspiring. So yes, I love that. Over the seven plus years in building that company, I sold it when I was 29 years old, actually yeah. sold it for $20 million. Uh, most of that was in stock. Yeah. Um, That's a whole different story that we can go through. But during the time that I was running the company, I loved being personally involved with the clients, with the people who were struggling. It wasn't just me building a team and saying, okay, you guys run that. I'm going to go in the back and look at spreadsheets. No, every time I came in and if one of the one of the call center rooms, the, the guys that were selling coaching were, oh man, you know, nobody's, I said, listen, you've got to change your heart here. I told them, I said, if you're on the phone with somebody and you come up with coaching as as an option for them within the first five minutes, you're out of here. I need you to ask the right questions and really understand the heart and the challenges of the person you're talking to. And if indeed what we have is a solution for them, great, then help them see that. But if not, Don't you dare sell that to somebody who doesn't. But I loved getting on the phone myself. In fact, over that time, I calculated that I personally spoke to over 20,000 people that were dealing with anxiety or depression to the point where it was really affecting their life. And it was a beautiful opportunity to get into their hearts and their souls and their childhood and the issues they were dealing with and say, okay, what can we do to help move forward? And, and get over this. Now, here's what was magic, Pam. We had over 97% success rate in helping people get to the point where they could live a normal life. We had a, we had a personal coaching program that had a 100% money back guarantee if they weren't where they needed to be within 12 weeks. But we only had 3% that didn't get the help that they needed. The other 97%, the reason it was so effective is that we weren't using a bunch of workbooks put together by a bunch of PhDs. I didn't have a bunch of coaches that were therapists and psychiatrists. Our personal coaches were people who had been through our program, who had physically been there in their life before and had used these principles of changing their thoughts, changing their self-talk and changing their life. And it gave people 
the most powerful tool possible, which was belief. When I go in and I'm talking to somebody who doesn't really relate to me, they're just got a PhD, then even if they do have the right words, in mentally, I'm going to be going, yeah, but you don't get me. You don't get me. You don't, you don't know what it was like to be called buck teeth your whole life child. You don't know what it was like to be beaten up all the time. You don't know what it was like having, a, having an absentee father or whatever it was that people are dealing with. If I could take a living, breathing, loving human being who has been through what as close of a match as I can has had a similar history that can then take you by the hand and say, you know what, Pam, I believe in you. I know exactly how you feel. Do you know why? Because I felt the same way. I went through this and this and this, and these are the things that I have found can that, that helped me to move forward. And that, that missing ingredient, that belief was everything. Now right. they could take those tools, the workbooks and the audio programs and stuff we put together and start applying them to in their lives with this newfound belief that, yes, I can. I can move forward. I can create this life of abundance. I can be, be free of this anxiety and depression that's holding me back. Yes, absolutely. I love that. And I love that you hit 97% rate. And guess what, Paul? You didn't have side effects of potential suicide either. It's amazing. That's amazing. I absolutely love it. 20,000 people that you spoke to personally. Like, wow. At the the height, we had over 50,000 people a month calling in off of our infomercial just to get help with an audio program, et cetera. That tells you how big of a problem this is. And, you know, moving forward today with, you know, my, my charity work and fighting child trafficking and things like this, I've come to a realization that to really heal the world is going to take a lot more than just a bunch of me and some other Navy SEALs that are going undercover and finding kidnapped and trafficked children. We've got to help heal people before they become contact offenders. And this isn't just this little teeny percentage of the population. Yes, you know, if, if you put me in a room with with 100 traffic, traffickers and 100 would-be pedophiles, and you said, Paul, you could, you could either have a gun with no retribution and take them all out, or which would be tempting, or a microphone, I would take that microphone And that would be the most transformational 60 minutes of their life. I would take them into the pit of hell. I would show them the depravity of the direction they're going because I've seen it. I've led over 70 undercover rescue missions in 15 countries in the last 10 years. I've been to the pit of hell and I've seen it. And I would would show them the path to light and recover. Now, they probably still need to stay locked up for a really long time, but I believe that I can crack that open and help them see this path to healing themselves. Now, if that's the case, if you take eight to 10 million children that are being sold in this world, that's an astronomical number, but it's a teeny tiny number compared to the real problem. And the real problem is this, literally one out of every four women on the planet, roughly 1 billion women have been a victim of sexual violence as a child, as a child, right? And statistically, somewhere around 200 million men were a victim of that kind of violence under the age of 10 years old. 
right, in their own homes. And so there, you've got this, this generational trauma that people are growing up and they've got anxiety, they got depression. It's affecting their ability to manage their anger, to manage their, their sexual impulses, all of these things is affecting them. And, and if we can help the adolescents and the young adults get the help that they need, before it comes out in some kind of aggression and verbal abuse, physical abuse, or sexual abuse as well, or even just low self-esteem and things that are holding them back from living a life of, of abundance and freedom, if we can help fix that problem, then we'll save millions of children, not just 20 at a time doing undercover work. Absolutely, Paul. That's incredible that you have done that work and led those types of missions all across the world, all across the world, which is mind-blowing. And I totally agree as well. If you, if you had the chance to speak to these people, how that would shift and transform them into different choices. Yeah. Right. And we never know who's going to end up being there. You know, I'm not pointing a finger and saying that everybody who was abused as a child is going to end up being an abuser. That's for sure not the truth. In fact, God, there's so many wonderful people that have taken that and turned it into something beautiful where they can they can rise from the ashes and heal heal themselves and and become a, a wonderful mother, wonderful father, wonderful all of their roles in their life. But unfortunately, there are some that can't get through that. And then they grow up and end up having egos and, and misunderstanding of how to how to work with other people and not understanding that we're truly connected in every way. And they take that trauma and pass it on to the next generation or go to other countries and do some horrible things. So that's what's happening in the world. And so if, if my goal when I was 10 years old is to be a heart surgeon on children, you know, my, my role today is to help heal, help liberate the, the hearts and the minds of so many people that are being held back, that, that heart of that 10-year-old that's broken inside of every 30, 40-year-old man or woman, if we can help that heal, then we transform not only their lives, but all of mankind. I completely agree with you. I completely agree with you. And that's some of the hardest work to do, right? A lot of people push that off to the side and, oh, the, the inner child work, oh, that doesn't exist. I'm fine. I'm totally all right. You know, like it's, and it, you and I know that that's, that's not the case. And I'm so interested. So how you got to this conscious awareness, because you've built out some incredible things. Like, so you built your fund. So you had this center, you sold it for 20 million, and then you got into the fund. And like, what was kind of your journey throughout this, like getting into the trafficking world and helping save those children because I'm just like, yeah. I know something amazing happened during that time that really yeah. transformed you because I can tell you're passionate and I can feel it as you're speaking and I, I can't wait to hear about it. Well, I got super passionate about charity work in my early 20s. Yeah. Number one, with the attacking anxiety and depression program that we worked with it was it was like an impact investment you know i was making money while still making a huge difference in the lives of others but i also realized that there were people who really needed the help that were super like in without the ability to do anything on their own specifically children i realized that a 9 year old in a, in a position completely outside of any of the choices that she made maybe you know, I served on the Make-A-Wish Board of Directors, helping 
children who had had uh, life-threatening illnesses. And I served on that board for seven years. And uh, a lot of other different charity organizations that I served and spent time with over that time. And I had made a decision in my early 20s that I would donate upwards of 20% of my money and 20% of my time to making a difference, a powerful, positive impact in the lives of others. A lot of people are like, okay, you know, I'll give five bucks here and there. Average is roughly one to 2% is what most people donate and give in their money and and, uh, less of their time many times. But I believe that that one decision in my early 20s to donate a huge percentage of my time and money to helping others, I believe that that one decision is what made all the difference in the success of all my companies. You can call it karma, you can call it God, you can call it the universe, you can call it Allah, you can call it whatever you want to. There's a higher power very interested in us doing good, and I can pinpoint every single time that I made a huge contribution and massive things came back to me. I had a a very popular uh, TV radio talk show host, 50 million plus followers that wanted to Uh, His name is Glenn Beck. He wanted to launch his anti-child trafficking campaign from Bangkok, Thailand. And it was going to cost roughly $100,000 to get him and his team and the plane and everything else to make all of this happen. And at the time, the charity we were working with, we had a bunch of grandmas that were donating $5, $10 a month. That was kind of sacred money. I didn't want to spend hundred grand on this trip. And, And so we talked with some of the guys at the foundation and decided that I would write that check, myself and a a partner named Don, who's also a business partner in the fund. We flew to Thailand, bunch of video and whatnot. On the way back, as the plane landed, there was two voicemail messages on my phone. One of them was from uh, the owner of one of the largest uh, hotel chains in the world. And he said, Paul, he said, "I'm, I'm super interested in putting another $10 million into your senior housing fund. And uh, this other one was the uh, owner of, of, of some of the biggest uh, gas station chains in the U.S., massive company, and they had even a bigger number. And my income from those two voicemail messages, multiples exceeded what I just put into the charity. And it happens every single time. And so if, if, you, if you have your goals and you, you're, you're working hard in your business goals, I, I had decent results when I worked hard because I worked my ass off. But if I worked really hard and tried to have a powerful, positive impact in the lives of others, my results in this, all my other financial goals just exploded. And so I tell people, I, I'm not that charitable. I, I just, I, God, God uh, does a better job running my companies than me. So that's why I do all of this. Well, you know, what's crazy with what you just said, Paul, which, which is like one of the, like one of the phrases that actually changed my life. First time I heard it was that business is a spiritual game. Yeah, it really is. There's so much more to it than just the logical everything. In fact, I, I have a book coming out in the next couple of months called, are you listening with my hand on my heart? Not are you listening with my hand on my ear, but on my hand, on my heart. And it talks about that spiritual connection, that uh, tuning into your, your intuition, that still small voice of truth, that each one of the rescue missions, I wasn't following logic and protocol. I was listening and was led to where the children were and was kept out of danger. And when it came to building the company, the same thing. 
in being led to the right people in the right circumstances that brought everything together at the right time that created some beautiful success and, and the opportunity to hire and give jobs to so many people. Which is absolutely incredible. It's absolutely incredible. And everything that you're saying, I'm like, oh my God, this is such a beautiful example of watching it all come together, like hyper successful. It's a $42 billion fund at this 48 point. $48 billion now. 48. Just, yeah, wow. $48 billion. Now, uh, it's funny. People call me and they say, Paul, I have questions on real estate. And I tell them, I don't know anything about real estate. They're like, oh, wait a minute. You have that massive real estate fund. I said, no, the thing that I did right is identified the right team. And by listening here and identifying people who are powerful superstars in their space and bringing them together with that vision and back to the spiritual end of it as well. People ask John, my business partner, how'd you guys get so big? What, what, what was the transition in the beginning? And he would tell a story. He said, you know, we were just getting started. We had this company called Bridge Loan Capital it was doing short-term asset-based lending. And, and we would have a deal where we needed like an extra $25,000 by Friday. And I'm on the phone, I'm making phone calls, trying to raise this extra money. Come on, guys, come on, guys, invest with us. This is a great deal. And I'd hang up the phone and I'd turn around and I'd say, John, we're going to be a billion dollar fund someday. And I put my little pinky by my mouth, right? Billion dollar fund. And he, uh, he would say, he would say, Paul, we just need $25,000 by Friday, right? And so being <laughs> able to see that and visualize where we were going to be, is he, he gives a lot of credit to where we ended up to what happened there in the beginning and seeing that when other people couldn't. And, and it's, it all is tied in together, right? It's the, the anxiety and depression company and, and helping people change their thoughts. Everything starts here and giving them the belief that they needed with a personal coach, that, that belief was so vital. And as we were building the company and, and helping my partners see where we could be and, and holding on to that, that vision and that belief. We call it, you know, what it's not just the law of attraction. Like I said, it's a law of creation. Your, your actions create, your words create, and your thoughts create as well. And so in doing so, we were able to create this beautiful, abundant opportunity that we have over 50,000 families in apartments that, you know, that we own and, uh, and create a, and as you're building business too, it's more than just, if you can't figure out how to create a true win, 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 then it's, then it's not worth doing. And it's not just saying, okay, can I, have a, can I have a win for my employees and a win for my investors? No, you could literally create a true win, 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 win all the way across right? For example, as we were building the, uh, the fund, we would buy properties that were apartment complexes that were kind of run down. And, and uh, we would go in and say, okay, what if, if I was living here right now, what is it that I would want? You know, I'm not going to put gold towel rods in a, in a B-class neighborhood, but we realized that a lot of our tenants in these, these $1,000 a month apartments, especially in this, the areas you know, near the border and stuff, a lot of our tenants were Hispanic and they didn't play tennis. There was a bunch of tennis courts from the 70s that were still in these apartment complexes. We're like, you know what? How about we turn these into soccer fields instead? So that's what we did because that's what the, the tenants wanted. We, we brought in English as a second language. We brought in the bookmobile. We brought in a tutoring program. We, we did Taco Tuesdays, you know, things like that that made it a really fun, safe place to live. 
and a place that they could raise their children. And in doing so, we were able to take the occupancy up to 97% and stabilize the property and then sell it wow. for a great return for our investors. So you can create a win-win-win. You don't have to be a slumlord. You can create value for your tenants and value for your investors and value for your, your employees and even value for the banks that you had to take over the property for because now they have the liquidity they need. So everything that you're doing, it's money is energetic. It's you create value for the world. You want to be a billionaire, you create a billion dollars worth of value for the world. You want to be a millionaire, create a million dollars worth of value for the world. But figure out how to use your mind, your thoughts, and your words to be able to create value, and you'll have abundance throughout your life. I absolutely love that, Paul. I absolutely love that. You said something super key. You want to be a billionaire, then you bring a billion dollars worth of value to the world. Right. And right when you said that, you know, one of the founders of the company that I'm with, which is DXP Realty, I merged my brokerage with them. And the founder, Glenn Sanford, like he has created millionaires across the world. And it's like that man deserves to be a billionaire for that reason because he's changed. So, like, you know, the millionaires that were created, what about all the generational? All the generations that come from that, right? Like that is power. So right when you said that, like that is the truest thing ever. Those who truly are wealthy, it's they, it's because they're bringing so much to the world and beyond. You know, it's not just it's not just a money thing. It's it's a value, and that money's energetic. I always say that too. I'm like, money is just an energy exchange at the end of the day, right? It's just that's all it is when you think about it. And I, I think, uh, I think unfortunately, things are going to happen in the near future that are going to shake up the financial system as we know it. And it's important that we all release our, our addiction to money as we know it, but understand that you will always have what you need to survive, what you need to flourish as a family, as long as you are creating value in the lives of others. So just be just be finding ways to create that value and uh, and whatever happens in the financial markets with inflation and the bank failures everything else those things won't affect you if you can you can make sure that you're in a position where you can continue to add value to those yeah. around you you'll you'll be supported and as you mentioned too you know the the markets our financial system, there's so much happening right now. There's the BRICS Federation. There's all kinds of things that are being formed and just different things that are happening in the world. And I'm sure in building these companies, Paul, you've probably experienced a whole significant amount of challenges. What were some of them and how did you overcome them? And then on the flip side, I also want to know some of the biggest pieces of advice and how you got to all these wins. You kind of shared one of them with the, you know, creating win-win situations with tenants and that kind of thing. So it'd be mm -hmm. awesome to kind of hear both sides. You bet. We started, John and I started Bridge Loan Capital in 2004. And by 2006, we had hired some guys who uh, were very knowledgeable in international financial markets, things like this. And and uh, one of them, Don Hartman, came into my office in late 2006, and he said, Paul, we're in trouble. I said, we are the company? He goes, no, we are the whole country, probably the whole world. We're looking at a multi-trillion dollar problem. And this was a year and a half before the 2008 crisis, the real estate crisis. He, he said, wow. we're looking at a multi-trillion dollar problem, and if you don't change, you're going to be upside down with everybody in your space. 
And at the time, we were doing hard money lending, bridge loans to companies and and uh, and on real estate, et cetera. And so we had to we had to change our model dramatically. And the people who didn't ended up getting just eaten alive in the downfall in the market. And so we said, okay, what do we need to do? We need to we need to pivot and strategize. Okay. If indeed the market's going to crash, what asset classes do we want to be in? Where's going to be the opportunity to create value? And, you know, it's been said many times that money is made when there's blood in the streets. Well, that's true, but I don't like to make money from the blood in the streets. I like to make money by creating the first aid kits. <laughs> if that makes sense, right? Yeah. So, yes. so by looking in advance and saying, okay, where's the writing on the wall? And, and, you know, at the time, Don had all these third order polynomial equations that were way over my head that kind of analyzed where we were from a banking cycle crisis and everything else. And he saw that a year and a half before it happened. And we were able to position ourselves right to make the biggest positive impact. Well, the same thing today is you're looking forward and saying, OK, what things can happen in the market and what can I do to create something that's going to be a, a value for those people who weren't thinking ahead, that weren't aware of what was going on in the market so that I can create value at that point, create those, those first aid kits when there's blood in the streets, so to speak. I love that. I love like your mindset shifts on all of it, right? It's like, oh, money doesn't have to be made from the blood in the streets. It can be absolutely transformed. And it's almost like alchemizing the energy, right? Into something positive and kind of manifesting from there, which I love that. And I mean, I can tell you're an absolute conscious creator in all that you do throughout all your businesses and everything that you've done. That is amazing. Paul. That is amazing. And honestly, one of my favorite questions in the world, and I'm going to ask it to you because I love it. And I'm so interested to see, to hear what you say on this one. What would your older self tell your younger self based on what you know now? Mm, man. I'd tell my whole, a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> I would have said, don't bring on that partner. Be careful about that girl. <laughs> you know? I, would have, I would have made sure that I was able to listen better from the heart when it came to bringing on different partners and different people in my life because of how much time it took me to dig out of some of those holes. It was funny. Uh, somebody asked me, you know, we were, we were in a guided meditation, uh, kind of healing experience. And I had been a facilitator for a long time, helping a lot of people work through some of their childhood trauma, et cetera. And, and the facilitator, co-facilitator was with me at one of these, um, end of last year. He said, Paul, he said, do you want to, you want to go back and revisit some of your shit and work on that? I'm like, no, I, I kind of dealt with that 10 years ago. And I went and did a lot of this work. He goes, well, why don't we try? And so we, we went into this deep meditation and he took me to when I was, you know, being beat up at seven years old, and I was, you know, trying to figure out what life looked like. And, you know, I had buck teeth, and I was kind of nerdy and whatever. And he said, he said, what would you go and tell that seven year old, if you had to kneel down right now and tell that seven year old something to make him feel better, what would it be? And I said, in my altered state of meditation, I, I said, I said, I'd hug that seven year old and say, you're, you don't worry about those guys. You're going to grow up to be a millionaire and marry a movie star. <laughs> and he started laughing. So, you know, that's a fun story. I, I, uh, you know, I've gone through two marriages and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm getting married in the next three weeks, my third time. 
And um, out of Vanessa, you can look her up online, H-A-D-A, Vanessa is her last name. She is a, was a pretty famous actress in Colombia for a while. And at one point, you couldn't go anywhere without seeing her face on a poster and whatever down there. And then uh, she, she um, came to the U.S., started working some other things in the U.S., and we ended up meeting in Haiti. She was donating her time at the orphanage in Haiti. I was finishing up some child rescue work down there. And I tell people meeting a beautiful Colombian actress is kind of cool. But when she's donating her time at an orphanage in Haiti, that's amazing. And um, my real claim to fame, Pam, here, here's my real claim to fame. Ready? It's not building a multi-billion dollar company. It's not rescuing thousands of children with our foundation and others that we've started uh, working with. My real claim to fame is this. So Henry Cavill, look him up. He's the he's the actor who plays Superman, right? The Batman, Superman stuff. He's he's that modern day Superman, Henry Cavill. Well, Henry was at uh, Vanessa's work almost every day for a while. They started a date, and um, she decided. In fact, he had on her phone. He his name was in there as Henry Cavill, my future husband. I changed it to Henry Cavill, the fake Superman. So my claim to fame is I stole Superman's girlfriend. What? So that's my mic drop. <laughs> so the, not the million, multi-billion dollar company or anything like that? None of them, yeah. <laughs> she's, she's my mic drop. That's so amazing. So, oh, congratulations yeah, so that's what I would tell you. my seven-year-old. Don't worry about all that stuff. It's all going to work out great. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I love that. It's all going to work out. Absolutely. Well, congratulations to you. I mean, in three weeks, that's so exciting. That's so yeah. exciting. Here in, here in Mexico, we're going down to Tulum and finding a beautiful place down there and kind of eloping. We're not going to have something huge, but yeah. be fun. I love that. Oh my gosh, Paul, you're amazing. So aside from your wedding coming up in like three weeks, what's up in like the next like couple of months for you? What's, what's going on in your so, world? My book should be coming out, my first book. So I've, I've been undercover for the last 10 years and haven't even had a social media, no podcast, anything. And so I wow. uh, just, uh, just came out of that just a few months ago. And we can talk about why in terms of transforming people's lives rather than just rescuing the kids. But I was, I was in deep meditation asking, okay, how do we fix this problem? Because just rescuing the kids isn't fixing it. We've got to change the demand. And what do we do to change the demand? Well, I, I realize that, that we need to start taking people down a path of healing themselves and, and billions of people to do so. And I was told that step one needs to be helping them learn to trust themselves to trust their intuition, to trust that still small voice of truth that's, that every one of us were born with. And if we can help them trust that and start listening, and just like in every one of my rescue missions, it, it wasn't about following logic and protocol, it was listening. And so my first book is called, Are You Listening? And that will be coming out in the next few months. Now, other things we're working on the next few months, we're actively looking for property here in uh, Latin America. Uh, to build some healing retreats. Uh, there are some existing properties that we're, we're putting together some, some protocol for and whatnot, but, but having, and we're, we're looking at uh, living down here um, part-time, full-time in, in building out that opportunity to help people heal. These healing retreats are different than the, the safe houses. The safe houses for the children are things that our foundation 
the Child Liberation Foundation. You can go to liberateachild.org or liberatechildren.org. And uh, the Child Liberation Foundation helps to pay for a lot of the safe houses for the kids and the, the rescue missions, et cetera. But beyond that, um, the, the healing retreats are more for adults, people who are dealing with deep-seated trauma, some issues from when they were children. And we have helped I have I have uh, uh, hosted and facilitated over 40 guided meditation, fully immersive transformational healing opportunities in the last six years. And so we, we want to kind of put together a protocol and a full time thing where every single week we've got people coming in from around the world and getting the help that they need to transform their life. Absolutely love that. I absolutely love that, Paul. The next few months looks busy for you, your wedding, your books, and these retreat centers, which are going to be completely transformative for so many people around the world. And I agree with you. Listen, I've been on many retreats, and that is what has shaped me because I started going to them in high school. And it really helped develop everything and all that I am in, in business and life and everything. That There's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. So I'm so excited. And now, Paul, everyone's got to know where to find you and your awesomeness, my friend. Where could they, find, where they, where could they reach you? So right now, you can go to Paul Hutchinson Official. Paul Hutchinson Official on uh, paulhutchinsonofficial.com. I bought soulhealer007.com, you know, just because it's easier to type. You type in that and it'll take you to the, the Facebook page and some things that we're posting a lot of things. But we just barely were rebranding uh, with the domain liberate-humanity.com, liberatehumanity.org. And uh, that'll be our hashtag as well. And a lot of the social media is liberate humanity because uh, that's really what it's about is, is it's not just liberating a child in a trafficking situation, but it is, it is helping people liberate the child within them that has been stuck, that's been dealing with this trauma for so long. If we can help them heal, then we, we change the vibration of, of the world as a whole, help people pull out of this this negative rut, this hole that they've been in for such a long time, change our perceptions of ourselves, changing our perceptions of other people, changing how we approach life and dealing with stress and, and helping people let go of fear, let go of anger, let go of guilt, let go of judgment, let go of these things that do not serve them anymore and, and change to a new vibration of infinite love and forgiveness. And that's what's going to really change the world. And that will rescue millions of children, including the ones within ourselves. Absolutely, Paul. I love that. I love the mission, just everything. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for your time today, Paul. You have been absolutely mind-blowing. I adored the story, everything that you're up to, just everything. Thank you so, so much. Thank you for having me on. And, and if, uh, if you want me on sometime again in the future, let me know if you're people want some more questions or if you want to go in deeper as to the actual child rescue missions. And I've got hundreds yeah. and hundreds of those stories of finding the kids and getting them back to their families, but that's not nearly as important as figuring out how to help people heal moving forward, changing how they see themselves and other people. Absolutely. Amen, Paul. Absolutely. Oh, we're definitely doing a part two. That's that's without a doubt, because I want to hear all about those missions and all of that, for sure, for sure. Beautiful. Thank you, Paul. So that's it for today's episode of Underdog. 
Catch us next week, always dropping on Thursdays. And remember, if you're interested in real estate or want to learn how to create more money and magic in your life, check out meetwithpamela.com and let's chat. Sending you so, so much love. Like some underdogs, underdogs, underdogs.